0: We're back again. Hey! Now, did you compose that, JT, or is that improv? That was improv. Oh, I didn't know you could do such a thing.
1: Uh, you know, I, I do what I can. So, Jeremy, is that
0: a is that a chainsaw, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> um, well, a little of both. A little of both. There <laughs> is a chainsaw. My neighbor's apparently having a tree cut down today, and... <laughs> We're just going to, you know, we're going to roll with it because the same way on Zoom calls, it's become fully acceptable to have your pet, baby, and or baby pet on the uh, the Zoom call you're probably on right now with some work people because they're always on Zoom. I'm like, I'm always on one of these things. Um, so we're just accepting that like life, life happens and some podcasts have like sirens and street noise and baby pets. And w- today we're going to just deal with this chainsaw.
1: Yeah, I love it. I'm a big fan of it, actually.
0: So so we'll just also say that for the next hour, if at any point I go, ooh, like a particularly <laughs> large chunk of tree just fell out of the sky, if it's more of a shrieking sound, that means it's heading my way and I'm just going to drop the mic. Right. Okay. Call for help. Call for help. If, the, if there's a large silence on my part, everybody, um, send someone to my house. <laughs> right, right. Uh, all right, so
1: Jared, this week we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different, and I want you to explain it because the the would you watch, which is a, a fan favorite and a JT favorite, I might add. Uh, we're doing something different. So what's uh, what's the move there, bud?
0: Well, my friend, we're having some fun with that so much so that it feels like it warrants its own little special place on this uh, this here internet. What do you what do you think of giving it its own little? Give it a little breathing room. Let it, let it flex a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think we should give it some... I don't know what it is yet, but we should
0: give it something. Yeah, I, I, think, it, I think it deserves a something. Yeah, it's a something. Uh, here's what we're going to say. If you're a subscriber to our newsletter, you'll get info about it uh, Sunday. If you are not a subscriber to our newsletter, for shame, please go to wingmandaily.com, uh, where we'll also put a little quick update on Sunday. And we'll have links and such. And then subscribe to the newsletter because it's a lot of fun. And I promise it's the one newsletter you'll receive every day that never, ever drags. It's just, it's just a fun little thing. And, and just it makes you happy. It's a happy letter.
1: It is. It is a happy letter. We got to get... We, uh, hey, listen, if any of you have an idea to call it something other than newsletter, please write hi at wingmandaily.com because it's not a newsletter. It's something
0: else. I just don't know what it is. Right. There's no word for it. It's it's an email full of... Basically, it's three funny-ish things a day. Funny, insightful. It's kind of like the thing you want some pal yours to send you, and we're those pals. Yeah, that's all it is. All right. So
1: if anybody thinks of that, let us know. But that does mean that it's going to give us lots of airtime for our top five favorite heist movies this week, which I think is going to be necessary because I think we're going to need some time.
0: I think the category is going to steal the something or other (laughs) good (laughs) joke there you go there you go uh well i wanted you to say that because that was all set up for this other thing because it's secretly a, a ploy for this other thing and then while you're distracted doing this thing i've already got the case full of jewels
1: right right so the chainsaw is actually a distraction to what's actually happening
0: Exactly. <laughs> so we picked last week. We were going to do the top, uh, I think we. I think the specific phrasing was heist and or con movies. Was that the phrasing we used? I believe so. And let me tell you, JT, this is a problem. It's a problem because even when I reduced my list, like that night, I, I just pulled out my phone and went 15 titles in a row without, I probably blinked, but without pausing. I didn't think about it. It was just like a reflex. And all of those movies are still on my list. And of those 15, I swear to you, 10 of them are so viable. But then like the next five are too. And there's, you know, this is might be even harder than the top five animated. I'm just saying, I think it might be. Ooh,
1: interesting. I disagree with the animated thing. Um, Well, actually, no, you know what? Maybe I do agree. I guess what I would say is that getting the top five for animation was hard, getting to the next the next top five in like, you know, so the five through or six through 10 in animation would have been I would have liked to have done that because I wanted more. But the top five for me were pretty strong. This one was harder because I had like a couple that were like, these are top, let's say three. And then it was a jumble. I was like literally any uh, like basically four through 11 or 12. Any one of them could be there depending on I don't know, My mood, if if Venus is in or no, Mercury's in retrograde, one of those things is in some sort of grade, whatever's happening, it easily could have moved these up and down like three or four spots very, very easily. So for that reason, this was pretty hard.
0: For me, not only everything you're saying is true, but even you know, in my little like wrap-up phase when I go Google and make sure I didn't miss anything uh, that I would have normally kept, all I found was even more fodder. Like, it didn't actually affect my top, top list, but it it, made, it just made the category so much richer. And uh, I think we should just dive into our Shawshank and get going with it.
1: I think we should. So I want you to start with Shawshank because I usually you have a better Shawshank than me. That just seems to be the way things are going. And this week I have two that I think potentially could be it. Now, I want to be clear. I leaned a lot harder into Heist than I did Khan. And so I might be missing some because of the con thing. Cause I really, really dialed into heist. And I'm also going to like, I'm going to get ahead of this and say, I didn't do the normal. Did I forget anything research? Cause I got to like 20 with no help and went, right. forget it. That's a lot. And I feel good about it. And so I'm just going to leave them alone. But specifically for Shawshank, where are you at? Do you have one, two, three, none?
0: I, I have at least two and, It's probably should be there. I could probably stretch to at least a third, so I'll start. I I, and I I don't think I have a particular uh, I'll look at the list to try to figure out if I went more con or heist. I think it's it's fairly well balanced. Uh, the Shawshank test, by the way, as a quick reminder, is since the Shawshank Redemption is the most rewatchable movie, it's the category definer, it transcends. So, in the Shawshank test of con and heist movies, it would be the the con and or heist movie that just utterly defined the genre. Uh, I have one that I I think if we don't both have it, I will be, I will be a little surprised. I think we might have the same two and I'd love for that to happen. We'll see. So I think what we should do with our Shawshanks since we're both sounding a little precious about it is let's do our typical shtick with the Shawshanks for the Shawshanks.
1: Okay. That's fair. You go, you want me to go first? You want to go first?
0: Uh, You went first last week, sir. So, my first Shawshank was uh, released on December 25th, 1973. We're not the same. We're not the same. Okay. What is your first Shawshank?
1: Okay, mine is August 16th,
0: 1995. Got it. Love okay. it. It's, in my, it's for for what for the record, it is in my top 10 list of all time, but interestingly, is not in my Shawshank here.
1: Oh, so that's not a Shawshank for
0: you. I, I'm willing. To, no, 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 I'm willing to throw it in there. Like, no problem. In. I love it. It's
1: interesting. Okay. So I know your movie and it's not in my, it's not my Shawshank. You know mine. So let's, let's say it. So mine's the usual suspects. Correct. Yours was. The. No, the sting. The sting. So my next one is
0: September 2nd, 1992. September 2nd, 1992. Well, that's interesting because I have a September... Oh, no, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that one too. Not in my... Um, not in my Shawshank. So, you, so do you have one more Shawshank too then? I do. December 7th, 2001. Okay. Not in my Shawshank, but in my top five. <laughs> okay. So I think we have... If if I'm if I'm comfortable bumping Usual Suspects up into the Shawshank, we put it there, and then the rest are just in our lists.
1: Totally fine with me.
0: Okay, but I'm going to come back around and explain why later. Why this thing absolutely is a Shawshank. We'll we'll get to that after. Totally fine with me. All right. Did we reveal our December seventh, two thousand and one movie to people? No, we didn't. I think you should have the right to do so. Thanks, buddy. Uh, you know, by the way, here were the here were the clues I was going to give you. Ready? The cast includes Topher Grace, Joshua Jackson, and a brief role with El- Elliot Gould. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was just a fun way to, because they're in it, you know. They are in it. Um. All right, so let's but let's talk about the Usual Suspects a bit. I mean, it's Shawshank, but we got to talk about it for a minute. At least, at least the, I know we usually don't, but no. You want to move on? It's so great that we can just move on.
1: I think the thing with usual suspects is that it's the usual suspects. Like it's Mm. we've talked about it before, by the way. Like we have talked about it on this podcast. It's gotten airtime before. Like when you think about heist or con or basically anything that has to do with, I don't know, (laughs) basically anything that has to do with movies, the usual suspects belongs on the list, probably. Much. So because it because it lends itself so well to this, I'm happy to give you a minute if you want to give it s- some some breathing room, but I'm also happy to say it's the usual suspects. If you don't get why that's a Shawshank, then again, wrong podcast.
0: Fair enough. I think the fascinating thing about it is a metacritic score of 77 and a IMDb 32nd of all time. I think that's amazing.
1: Dude, so I want to keep this in mind because there's a theme this week. Last week, I couldn't believe how high all the animated stuff was. Like, it was just incredible that, like, the worst of the movies was still in the 70s. This week, as I'm going through a lot of this list, I have, with the exception of, I think, The Sting, everything is 60s and 70s. Like, there's no, like, home runs, which is, which was crazy.
0: Do you, do you know the lowest, why it got so low a score this one? No. Guess who did not like this movie? What, acclaimed critic? Oh, it had,
1: had to be Ebert. Didn't like it. Hated yeah, of course it. he didn't. Of course he didn't. That makes total sense.
0: And Mick LaSalle from, uh, from SF also didn't like it. And he's a pretty good pretty good reviewer himself. So That's I just think it's hyster- not hysterical. I just think it's so interesting that two very well-respected uh, movie, movie critics really didn't like this movie, uh, which I would characterize as a near-flawless film. I think I think you uh, you are on the money, and we should move on from it because as much I could talk about the usual suspects for a long time. Also, that would be the right time to let everybody know we are going to not have any spoilers or reveals while we talk about this entire genre of movies. So we might reference some things about the endings or whatnot, but we will do it in such a way where whatever the big part of the story that makes it so awesome to watch, um, but we might make up stuff like. The part of the usual suspects where the dinosaurs was crazy. (laughs) No? All right. So let's start our typical round. So I've already named my first. So I'm going to go – I'm going to do December 25th, 1973. You should. All right. Metacritic score of 83. IMDb 112th of all time. The movie is The Sting, directed by uh, George Roy Hill, which – once again, I hit my, oh, that guy's done a lot of stuff. No, he hadn't. He did Butch Casting, the Sundance Kid. He did Slapshot. Oh, love Slapshot. Right? Then did Funny Farm with Chevy Chase and uh, Goldie Hawn, which was Uh And that was kind of it. He actually, that was about the end of his career and shifted to do other things and retired from directing and became a, 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 a theater professor at Yale, which I just think is particularly interesting because he was loved by, I went, I went down a little internet rabbit hole on this guy. He was loved by actors, loved by everybody, but producers because he didn't have a, a, a signature style, and so he wasn't able to have the, the uh, whatever, the Spike Lee effect or the the uh, Nolan, the Christopher Nolan effect. It was just sort of right. he just makes good movies. Huh. Uh, anyhow, the cast is phenomenal. It's got uh, Paul Newman, Robert Redford. their second movie together they were actually warned not to, to do another movie together uh did it anyway and worked out quite well uh and the movie by the way didn't did phenomenally financially it was the second best performing movie of the year behind only the exorcist which if you didn't know is like apparently like everybody went to see the exorcist which i just find fascinating it has uh have you seen it what's the stain yeah oh absolutely yeah okay got it. all right so we don't have to talk about the cast. By, by the way, also in weird, like weird trivia, Robert Redford's only acting nomination and did not win for it. And if you go look at his run in the from like the mid 60s to the late 70s, I mean, his entire career is amazing. But the fact that he hasn't won for anything is just startling. Uh, I love this movie because the style is of the 30s. The pacing is of the 70s. The music's phenomenal. The, the cast is great. And it's just a, it, it's again, it's a fun romp that doesn't take itself too seriously because it is actually a comedy, but yet actually does its job perfectly. They, every reveal in the movie is well done. There's not so many that it's, um, we were talking about this the other day, the Rick and Morty heist episode, uh, which yeah. we have seen in season four, episode two. I just, you know, just, I might just know that. Uh, and I actually just watched it this week for a little more extra in- inspiration. One of the things that's great about this movie is it doesn't play the typical Heist movie games where there's so many things that they haven't showed the audience that you're like, "Oh, that secretly happened. Like I would call Oceans 12 the single worst example of this in any heist movie, where like everything happened, you didn't actually see it, and who knows. This thing, everything's put in front of you, but just done in a way that's just beautiful the it, it's got this like charm it, it, it takes you to this weird non-existent era of like when life just seemed really good and happy you know all that kind of like old world shtick and, and it's told like in this it, it's almost like a utopian version of the 30s and mm. and not really because it's got problems and all that but it's just done in such a beautiful way it's stateful it's graceful it's like it's like a highbrow everything and i just love that it's like you couldn't cut a second of this movie and and by the way and you you don't need to add a second to it like everything that's there is needed is well done and i just think beautifully done
1: i i I have nothing to add. Stately, I think, is such a beautiful way to put it. I, I agree. So the only reason that this one's not higher on my list is because I have not seen it a lot. I've seen it exactly twice, both times thinking very highly of it, but not going back to it ever again.
0: I'll watch it, to, I'll watch it tonight. No matter what my plans are, if you want to watch this movie late tonight, I will put this movie on late tonight and watch it. I own it on DVD, by the way. I think I used to own it on VHS. So okay it's for me.
1: Yeah, I listen. Huge fan of this movie. Ab- absolutely, totally understand why it's on the list. Like I said, look, having only seen it twice and not doing a ton of research this week on to make my list bigger, the fact that it was on there at all means that it clearly stuck out to me as something that was brilliant. So
0: yeah, I get it, man. Good pick. Thanks. And uh, last thing I wanted to say is my my uh, argument for it being the uh, the Shawshank is I think it is actually the archetype of a heist movie. Um, sorry, of a con movie. I think there's there's never. You can't watch another con and not compare it to the state. And so that for me, and by the way, it's all based on true stories. Like I read the book it's based on, like I was way into this movie for a while. Um, There was a real Gondorf. There were like a lot of the events are told are based on actual cons that had happened. There was actually a whole lawsuit about the book, which is kind of interesting. But I, I would, I would wager and this is the reason I would fight for it in the, in the Shawshank. If this, if we're going to arm wrestle, JT, my uh, my case here. And first, first, I'll you know I'll turn the hat around. Uh, <laughs> my case for this one is that I I would argue that for the rest of this podcast, if we talk about other cons, we will compare them to the state.
1: And for that reason, I think it actually probably again not knowing it as well as you, but everything you just said, yeah, it probably belongs and it probably belongs up there. I'm f- I would be comfortable with that.
0: Well, when we release the Shawshank cr- Criterion Collection something or other one day, we'll uh, we'll put this one in with an asterisk. All
1: right. I'm into that. So for my first one, I'm going to go to one that you already started talking about because I think you had it in the Shawshank and I didn't, which was December 7, 2011, Topher Grace, Ocean's Eleven. The first one. Important yeah. to mention that it's the first one.
0: Not the 11th, 12, 13, or the eight, but the eleven.
1: Just the 11.
0: Like Star Wars.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. So so 74% on Metacritic, which I thought it would be higher. Not a lot higher, but I thought this would be like edging into the 80s probably. So whatever, fine that it didn't. Um, it's one of those things where I bet where if, people, if you went backwards now, people would probably give it a different rating because of the cultural impact that it's had. But regardless. Uh, so the trivia that I thought was fun, there's a lot, and I'm not going to do all of it. But a couple things that I thought were interesting. So the Bellagio actually let the crew tap into their security system to get real footage and basically just shut down like the garage and stuff and said, yeah, go ahead. So that's amazing. They also gave the lead cast members 7,000 square foot villas to live in, which is very nice of them. Uh, Andy Garcia had a great line about working with Carl Reiner, which is that they had a very, very difficult time filming scenes. And most of it when Carl Reiner was in the scene is on Carl Reiner because everyone else was laughing. Like right. no one could keep it together in a scene with him, which I think is hilarious.
0: Have you seen the comedians and cars getting coffee with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks?
1: First of all, you could have stopped it. Have you seen comedians and cars getting coffee? The answer is I've seen every single one of them with one exception because I'm not going to watch Amy Schumer's. But uh, yeah, that one with Mel, with him and Mel Brooks, I've watched multiple
0: times. All right. Let's uh, flag that Schumer conversation because I want to know more about that. Than another one. When, when we have a little more time.
1: At some point we're going to do a comedy episode and you're going to see just what a nerd I am for comedy. And it will definitely come up during that episode. Deal. Uh, the other stuff I thought was fun sticking with the Carl Reiner line for a minute was Soderbergh wanted the actors to hang out. So they had good chemistry. And what most of them did is they hung out in Carl Reiner's room and he just told them all stories, which is like the sweetest thing I've ever heard and makes me like this movie and this cast even more. Speaking of the cast, there's a bunch of really interesting almost, and I want to go through almost all of them, but quickly. Okay. First and foremost, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson were supposed to be the um, Virgil and and Turk, the brothers, Uh, and they dropped out. They dropped out to film the Royal Tenenbaums. Bill uh, Murray was supposed to be a lounge singer in this movie, but wasn't because why? He was filming the Royal Tenenbaums.
0: So basically, they wanted the cast of the Royal Tenenbaums in Ocean's Eleven.
1: Yeah. Danny Glover was supposed to be the role, was considered for the role of Frank Hatton, but he wasn't because he was in the Royal Tenenbaums. I'm sensing a theme. That's four people. I just thought it was interesting. So here's the other fun, quick ones. Uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen were asked to be the brothers, and they said no. Uh, Johnny Depp for Linus Caldwell. Don Rickles or Alan Arkin as Saul. Sidney Pollock and Dennis Franz as Reuben. Uh, Michael Douglas, Warren Beatty, and Ralph Phineas were all considered for Terry Benedict. Ewan McGregor and Lenny James for basher. I think Lenny James would have been an awesome basher. Not that Cheadle didn't do great because he did. Um, And then lastly, Bruce Willis was originally supposed to be
0: Danny Ocean. I saw the Bruce Willis one. There's one other in the what ifs category, which is a screenplay. Do you know who was offered the job of writing the screenplay? John Favreau.
1: That's right. And he said, no, yeah, I did read that. Crazy. Uh, so the other the other two pieces of trivia, and then I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on why this movie is great because it's just great. But yep. Soderbergh wanted to film it in black and white, and the studio mm-hmm. Warner Brothers agreed to do it, but they said that they needed to reduce his filming cost by almost like a third. And he went, nah, never mind, I'll do it in color. Uh, and I also thought very interesting that Julia Roberts and George Clooney had never met before this movie, and now it's like known that they're like really really good friends. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was sort of interesting. Uh, but yeah, listen, very similar to what you said about. Uh, the sting being the the ideal con movie like this is just the heistiest heist movie of all time it's like fun it's unadulterated like silly hollywood it's it's just everything that i want and it's so much fun and if you haven't seen this movie you should totally see it and then not see the other definitely not 12 maybe see 13 uh but it was just a good it's just a good flick man it's such a good like it's just such a
0: good flick Agreed. 13 by the way 13's watchable yeah i like 13, 13 12. 13's like a, a sunday afternoon tnt classic kind of thing for sure, absolutely. Yeah. But twelve, yeah. you don't need. Although no, I like what's his name do. French guy, I think he's great in it. Uh, he
1: is very, very good. Good soundtrack in that movie too.
0: Uh, yeah, by the way, the trivia I had: the only thing I love is reading more and more about Don Cheadle. Basically, he's like, yeah, I, I was terrible at the Cockney accent, and then they were trying to find ways to address it in the sequels, and they do. And like, there's in, there's a scene apparently in thirteen where he's reading a book on accents.
1: Yeah, so, I see, yeah. That there's actually yeah. another really. Another really interesting through line about Don Cheadle, which I didn't earmark, but it did obviously stay with me, apparently, is that like he's not billed in the first one because he wanted to be billed with everyone else, and they didn't want to give him first billing. They were going to give him second billing. And so he literally said, if I'm not in the first billing, I don't want to be in the cast. And so he just wasn't. So if you go to IMDb, he's in other cast, wow. which is like such a wild flex. They fixed it, obviously, subsequently in 12 and 13. Yeah,
0: uh, that's weird. Yeah, really, really interesting. All right. I don't know which one's next on my list. I'll be really blunt. I've got, I'm still dealing <laughs> with seven choices. So I think, all right, I think I'm going to, th- I got one. All right. I'm ready. Uh, May 22nd, 1996. May 22nd, 1996.
1: Okay. Keep going.
0: Lowest Metacritic s- score of any movie I looked at the entire time at 59. Mm. 59. And I'm, I, I, you know, this might be one that you don't love that much. I don't know, but I'm fairly confident that when you hear the title, you're gonna be like, that's a 59 because this is one of those movies that is not a 59.
1: I have this. I know what it is. You do. So, so I think the two, can I, can I name two actors? Wait, wait, May what? May 22nd? 1996. Vanessa Redgrave and John Voight are both in this movie. Yeah. yeah Actually, okay.
0: Henry Zerny and Vanessa Redgrave are my two actor clues for you. <laughs> yeah. I, anyway, Henry Zerny, I love. Love this guy. If you don't know who I'm talking about, so the movie's Mission Impossible 1. He plays, uh, what's his name? His name is Kittredge. He's like uh, the handler, I think, uh, for, for Ethan yeah. Hunt. The handler, yep. is that the title? Yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys that you've seen in lots of stuff. Um, I don't know that much about his background. He, he, he's just been in everything. He's a, he's a that guy. And I like him a lot. Anyhow, for me, Mission Impossible... You, you it, It's funny on the conver- conversation of, like, what's the best heist? Uh, because I would say, compared to Ocean's Eleven, it's probably the most equally convoluted heist movie out there uh, by a long shot. Like, the plot it takes to make these things happen is insane. Um, I really, really like this movie. I think the... Second, second entry is the worst, obviously the franchise Oh yeah. Uh, by four. It really picks back up. Uh, actually, I like four a bit more than five. I know five is a bit more popular, but I like four a bit more. Um, you know, it was directed by uh, Brad Bird, by the way. Uh, oh, I, didn't. I actually originally was going to have the entire Mission Impossible franchise as one entry and then talk, uh, talk randomly about them all. But I thought that was pushing a little too much. We haven't. I haven't quite crossed that line before, JT. <laughs> uh, I like this movie a lot because it, it A, I think it really defined that genre of we're going to just mess with the audience in like weird ways. Like this this is one of those, you're not seeing everything you need to see, but then when you see the perspectives of whether it's in like Tom Cruise, in Ethan Hunt's head where he sort of repictures what happened and they actually show it from from his sort of cloudy memory. I think it's really well done. There's some great action shots. You know, this is before the action got so ridiculous that you're like, so wait, you're hanging onto the side of an airplane? Like here, he just had to hang from a rope. You know, right. <laughs> by, by the next few movies, he's climbing the world's biggest building. Uh, it's, it's mo- it, you know, it's still like farcically unbelievable, but at the same time, sort of, you kind of accept it all and sort of believe it in a weird way. Um, yeah. You know that one room that he has to break into, all hanging on the thing, which is all obviously like a like a classic scene. Like you, once you've seen the uh, hang from the wire moment, you know it, it raised the bar of storytelling. I think so. I'm putting Mission Impossible as a, a top five heist flick.
1: I, I don't have any arguments. I the first one for me definitely is in the conversation. It's not top five for me for sure. Um, but I, I respect how it could be because I do think there are other, again, we've talked about this in one of the podcasts before. It's one of those movies where I see people doing mission impossible. Like I see people still to this day doing right. that scene and a couple of the beats. So yeah, it's, it, it's classic. Listen, Tom Cruise is number two on my list behind John Travolta of, I couldn't be bothered with, but uh specifically Ethan Hunt as a character I'm totally in on because he's very good at Ethan Hunt. Like he is Ethan Hunt.
0: He is very, yeah. He is, he's a better, I'll say one thing. He's certainly a better Ethan Hunt than he is a Jack Reacher.
1: Listen, I think he's a better Ethan Hunt than he is Tom Cruise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well now. I, I'm not going to come to that. I don't. I don't. He's, uh, could you make the argument that Maverick is sort of an Ethan Hunt? Well, so my argument,
1: my very quick Tom Cruise thing, which we'll do, because I think Tom Cruise deserves a Nick Cage type episode for sure. But the very quick Tom Cruise thing is he's just been Cole Trickle or Maverick in every movie since just with guns or on boats or whatever. Like, it's just the same guy. It's a good guy, by the way. Great character. I like that character. But it's just the same character over and
0: over again. I kind of want to see a deep fake of Cole Trickle as Ethan Hunt. Like, I think that's got to be. Can someone do that? Somebody do that. Somebody do that.
1: All right. What's next on your list? My next one, I'm going to do the one that I'm the most excited about. That was the this one. You said heist movies last week. This jumped into my head immediately. And so I actually think all the rest of them could be moved around. I think this might be my number one. So September 17th, 2010. September? September? or September December? 17th. Nope. September. Uh, I'll give HBO. you... Rebecca Hall as the actress
0: nope. or Pete, Pete From, uh, from the usual suspects uh, among lots of other stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. But we were just talking about that. Yeah. It's got a 74 okay. on Meta- 74% on Metacritic. It's going to bother me now. Keep going. Uh,
1: here's the movies that influenced it. According to the director and writer departed, Heat. Mystic River, Friends of Eddie Coyle.
0: Nothing. Wow. Yeah. This must have somehow, I just didn't even. You're going to say what you're going to say. I'm going to be like, oh. Okay. Let me give you. So Ben Affleck
1: and Jeremy Renner.
0: Oh, is it the town? The town. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I saw it once and I don't, it just didn't make enough of an impression. And I know it's a movie people absolutely love and I feel I need to just see it again. Wow. Right. This movie didn't make an impression on you. I don't know why It must've been timing. Must've been one of those. Interesting. Like I I yeah, I know it should have, especially with all the overhead shots. Cause I know that much.
1: <laughs> so, so here's what I'll, here's the sort of the trivia stuff, right? So Affleck originally wanted Wahlberg to play Coughlin, but Wahlberg was busy shooting the fighter and so he gave it to Renner. Renner, to me, like made this movie like he was so by the way, he he won performance in a supporting role. Oh, no, he didn't win. He was just nominated. But he was brilliant. I mean, he was a garbage human being in this role and he was so good at it. Like, I mean, it was he was so believable. Uh, also, because I have some family and friends who are from the Boston area, shout out to the Boston accent in this movie. Actually really well done, like across the board. And it's really rare that people nail it. This movie this movie actually nailed it. Uh, the original cut was four hours long, which I think is really interesting. There's a bunch of other like really, really, there's a director's cut that Affleck did. Shout out to Archie, who pointed me out to this, um, who where they like develop again, no spoilers. They develop parts of this story that make the movie make a lot more sense. And it's a little more dramatic, but they had to cut because originally it was four hours and the studio was like, yeah, that's not a thing, Ben. You can't do that. Um, I love that. They did the premiere at Fenway park. I honestly think this is among, among best, the best like Ben Affleck performances, like genuinely. Uh, Another thing, like uh, the one beef I have with this movie is like Blake lively was so good. I wish they gave her more airtime. Because I think she was like Oscar non worthy. She played the opposite of Blake Lively in every way in this bit role. Like it was just nothing about Blake Lively was actually in it, which is why it was so impressive that she did so well. Again, Renner amazing. The pacing was excellent. I love the balance of this film. Like it was really fascinating, super well executed, good, bad, is he good, is he bad, turmoil, all based around like these different heists. Uh, And then lastly, the filming of it. I don't know if this was intentional and this might be me trying to reach a little bit, but I Mm -hmm. loved how, how gray the film was. Like it was very gray, which I feel like is sort of the tone of the whole movie is operating not in the black and white. Everything was a little gray. Everything was, is it good? Is it bad? Is it right? Is it wrong? Everything about this, there was never like really dark or really light. Everything was always this very sort of in the middle, including the visual aspect of it. And I just really think this movie was incredibly, incredibly well done. And so, yeah, the town, when you said heist, I'm like, oh, the town's going to be like my number one for sure. And I don't even
0: think I knew I liked this movie that much, but there it is. Nice. Also, yeah, I got to give it another watch. I don't know why why that was my – I didn't have a bad impression. I was just like, okay, good movie. So I need to see it again. Uh, By the way, per previous conversation, Ocean's Eleven was my other uh, Shawshank contender. Uh, Yep. Just just for clear. I want to make sure I'm on the record for such a thing. So how many do I have left? Like two? I think Uh. three. Well, we got Sting, Ocean's Eleven, and Mission Impossible gone so far. I got six more that are all circling the uh, brain. (laughs) Something. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Uh, December 14th, 1988. Okay. Keep going. It's a Metacritic of 68. Directed by Frank Oz. Oh.
1: Oh, no. I know this. Do you? No, I do.
0: Keep going. Uh, Okay. It stars. uh, Oh, yeah. My order of the stars. It stars Glenn Headley and Ian McDermott. You know who Ian McDermott is, right? Of course you know do you know Keep who am McDermott? No, he's Palpatine. Oh, this is, this is one of his like seven other roles. Actually, not kidding, he's a super accomplished actor. Okay, well, everything else after that is becomes and becomes like a straight up this is the movie. So, Michael Caine, okay, and Steve Martin. Oh, maybe this isn't what I was thinking of. It Why might not I, be because what it is is Dirty rotten and Scoundrels.
1: Uh, okay. It's not what I th- was thinking of, but okay. Have cool.
0: you seen this movie? I have seen it. Yeah. Okay. But it's not one of your movie movies. Not even one. Oh my. I love this. Uh, it's, you know, such a great, great fun s- series of cons. Like the whole, like all these just little fun moments and watching you know, I, you don't think of Michael Caine as a comedic actor because he's, he really isn't one. Uh, but with with Steve Martin there, it gives him enough to to flex those skills, right? He he's such a good actor, uh, actor. He's such a he's such a he's such an actor. <laughs> he's he's his acting, and I, that's about the extent of mine, right there. Um, that I think when a role like this shows up, all of a sudden he becomes a comedic actor, like a a funny guy. Um, I I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's so much fun as a movie that I'm actually very surprised it's not higher on your list. I thought this might be straight up like Wheelhouse for you. No, you know
1: what? So love Michael Caine. Uh, (laughs) Bye.
0: Oh, I need more of that.
1: No, uh, listen, my touchstone for Michael Caine is Michael Caine. Michael Caine has a great uh, – he does this great thing about talking about how to do accents on Conan. I'll put it in, a, in the daily one day. Uh, yeah, look, I remember watching this movie. I've seen it probably two or three times in my life. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, I definitely haven't seen it since I was like maybe 22. Like I I, I watched it when I was a kid. Um, uh, I, I remember liking it, but no, it's just it's not in the zeitgeist. Listen, one of those movies I know people love and respect, but like didn't make my list. Now, look, to be fair – to be fair. Had I done the research I usually do, this probably would have gotten the nod. But because I didn't do the what movies that I missed this week, this one didn't come to mind at all.
0: Okay, fair enough. It, um, by, by the way, the, the my, I think my favorite simple little bit of trivia is uh, this is one of five movies with, that Frank Oz and Steve Martin did together. Uh, and I like that uh, that strong collaboration. And it was also Frank Oz's first non-puppet movie. Because you know Frank Oz does a lot of them puppets. Eddie Murphy was supposed to be in it.
1: How oh, crazy. okay. Yeah, right. I wish he was in it because the movie that Eddie Murphy did do with him was an atrocity. Yes. Because yes. he did. They did Bowfinger together, and it was real bad.
0: <laughs> Probably after doing this, they want to do that together. So, all right. So, Dirty Run Scoundrels. <laughs> um, again, nice pacing. I, I still think it. I, I like the uh, the. It goes into the 90s, but this is sort of ending of the era of, of slower paced content that still actually does hold up really, really well. Uh, they enjoy the sets a lot. Like, I like how well this is filmed on the Riviera there. It's just nice. It's it's like one of those aspirational kind of movies. And that just makes me like it so much. So Dig much. It. So much. What you got, sir?
1: Uh, so my next one is March 24th, 2006.
0: Yeah, we talked about
1: that one. Yeah, we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go too far into it. Uh, my trivia for you uh, though, that I was... Spike f- Lee joint. Yeah, so that was going to be my trivia. Did you know Spike Lee directed Inside Man? Because I had no idea until like last week.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, it turns out I did know that. Didn't <laughs> yeah. Know that. Yeah.
1: Crazy. Uh, yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, I just had, I had no idea. 76 on Metacritic, I feel like that's really low. Uh, they say the F word 163 times I think that's pretty oh. high uh, So the entire Scene in the coffee shop was intro- improvised Which I thought was interesting uh, oh. And the line where Denzel says I'll bet you can get a cab though Which is like a really beautiful moment in that movie It's really funny, was was totally improv Which is great uh, The interrogation scenes were almost entirely ad-libbed I thought that was interesting And then lastly, shot in 39 days Which is wow. wild
0: uh, Especially for what they do in this movie That's That's fast
1: Crazy how fast that is. So outside of that, Clive Owen, he's amazing. Uh, whole cast was good. Willem Dafoe was so perfect, even though the role's not a big one, he made it so big because he's him. And a Jodie Foster sighting, who, by the way, dubbed all of her, her lines in French, which I thought was fun. Hmm. Uh, we talked about it, so I don't want to get too far into it any more than we already have. It's nearly a perfect movie. I love how slow it is. I love how deliberate it is. So there are two like hilarious nods that I'm not going to bring up. But if you know them, like there's watch this movie, even if you know how it ends, watch it again and look, because there's some really, really brilliant little little stuff that they put throughout that nods to what may or may not happen without actually saying it. And given how amazing the the reveal is, it's it's even more impressive. They were able to slip it in. And I'll leave it at that.
0: Fully agreed. I, I, it's well said. And by the way, uh, Inside Man was. Instantly on my list too, when I did that quick scratch out of uh, 15 movies, it was in there. It was in my original top five and I just slowly lowered it a little bit. Uh, I think what you said is exactly apropos. I'm going to go with, I don't think it's a spoiler that all of these movies have reveals. So the fact that we're saying there's a reveal, like, yeah, there's a reveal. Uh, and I I would actually one-up you a little bit in the sense of, I think it actually is of the movies on the list so far. And even as I look at the movies still I have yet to talk about, I think its reveal is one of the most fun if not top, if, if we were just talking about like reveals, it's up there at like six cents or better kind of territory. Agreed. Yeah, it's cool. Good choice, buddy. Good choice. Uh, how many more do I have to do here? I don't want to pick. They're so good. These all right. I'm gonna go with a weird pick. Okay, it's just it's just happening because I'm just doing it. April 26,
1: 2019. Uh Okay, I have no idea.
0: That's right, Metacritic, of, but you do. Metacritic of 78, IMDb 75th of all time. You've definitely, I know you've seen it because we talked about it. It would make many. Lists.
1: Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
0: No, it's a heist. It's just not like the kind of heist we usually talk about. There's a certain adjective of what type of heist it might be. I got nothing. It's a time heist. Time heist?
1: Yeah, no, I hear you, but it's still not it's not landing for me. Pretty big movie.
0: Like a pretty big. Like really big. Like it's now considered the biggest movie of all time.
1: Yeah, I mean like I'm embarrassed at this point because I clearly you're looking at me like I should know this, but it's not happening.
0: Endgame. Avengers Endgame is a heist movie. And I'm just throwing mm. this just being messy. Just just to do it. Hmm. Okay. So I could veto, veto it. I was just having some fun. I can... No, no, no. I
1: want you to explain. I want you to. No, no, no. Give me, give... Sell me on this being a heist movie.
0: It's a time heist. They call it that. <laughs> they say it. If they say it in the movie, it's got to be true. They also say it's the editing coming. You know, like those things happen. Okay. All right, fine, fine. I was I was half messing. It definitely deserves tops of many lists as a movie. Oh um, yeah. I just I don't know. I just had to th- I wanted to throw it in there just to mess with you a little bit. Uh it does I, I do actually think it fits, but um No, no, if it listen, uh, it's your no, list. I no, no. No, you don't get it anymore. It's it's okay, gone, fine. struck it's stricken. It has been struck from such <laughs> such a record. And instead, you know what? I'm going back to the eighties for you instead. Uh, So, July 29th, 1988, Okay, directed by a man named uh, Charles, I think it's Crichton, uh, spelled the same way as the author, Michael Crichton, no relation. Okay, Uh, That that director, by the way, in in our trend of these things, he was famous for like 50s era horror movies, did this in 1988, and very little thereafter. It has a Metacritic score of 80. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm going to go with the cast... I mean the cast is amazing. It includes Kevin Klein, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Palin, and John Cleese. Ooh. Um, I like all of those people a lot. It's sort of the movie they did together. And got really well known for it.
1: Oh, 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 wait. No, no, no. Okay, so this is um Oh man, I wish. Now I'm really wishing that I did the go look things up and see if I missed stuff, because I feel like this is, Oh no. Uh, tell me the name of it. Cause I'm going to, I know, I know the movie you're talking about.
0: fish called Wanda.
1: fish called Wanda. Ah, son of a gun. So yeah. All right. This is a good pick and I missed it. Go ahead.
0: Oh, it's so well-written. I mean, you have to like a certain amount of British comedy to, to, to really play in the space. Uh, so if you don't like British comedy, you're probably not going to like this movie. But if you do, if you like anything Michael Palin, uh, Michael Palin, Monty Python, or or any other related genres of that kind of witty comedy, this is up there. Uh, in fact, I could argue this should have been a Python movie in so many ways. The cast is amazing; they play so well off each other. It is such a disappointment that the you know the spiritual successor, uh, what was it called, Fierce Creatures, was was very disappointing relatively um michael palin was the you know dealing with a speech impediment but in a way that's not making fun of it but actually playing off it really nicely is so good kevin klein as the amazingly stereotypical american with too much hubris is awesome there's so many little jokes in between the big jokes ah it's a great great little heist so fish called wanda
1: it's great. I, I have seen it. I've not seen it in a long time. I adore Kevin Klein.
0: Um, I can I can even forgive him for Wild Wild West. I like him so much. Uh, He's, by the way, he was. Uh, we did did talk about them, but but he was in my thinking back on the underrated uh celebrities. Kevin Klein.
1: Yeah, he'd be a good one. Yeah, look, this is this is probably generational to a certain extent because I remember this being a big thing. Um. Yeah, I've seen it I, again. Haven't seen it a ton. Seen it maybe, maybe twice. I know I've seen it once as like an adult. I saw it. Uh, it's really good. I remember liking it a lot. So yeah, totally makes sense. Cool. All right, I'm going to do my the one that I know is not on your list, and then I have one, and then this. this so this is my fourth one. So March
0: 26, 2004.
1: Uh, I don't have that so far. Okay, J. K. Simmons and George Wallace. J.
0: K. Simmons. George Wall interesting. Okay.
1: 56 on Metacritic. It's a remake of a 1955 film that I also could have put on the list, but decided to do this one because I thought it'd be more fun.
0: Wait, give me the date one more time.
1: March 26, 2004.
0: Okay. No, I don't, I guess I don't have this.
1: Tom Hanks. Does that, does that get it across for you?
0: Is it Castaway? No, the lady killers. Oh, uh, is this a code? That's a code. Is this code brothers? Coen brothers. Uh, yeah. This is what, I don't know if I saw it. I got it. I, I think this was right when they were doing a series of movies that I thought weren't so great. They had done, um, Hudsucker proxy and a few others yep. around there. Yeah. I, don't think I saw this.
1: Okay. So I'm going to not do any trivia then at okay. all. Um, instead this movie is fun. It's ridiculous. It's highly quotable. Uh, it's hilarious it's very clever. It's, I think, a very nice nod to the 1955. If you haven't seen the 1955 version, that's also brilliant. 1955 version, by the way, which has a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Um, yeah, it's really good. That seems like I should see it. It's. They're both really good. They're like. They're both really good. Uh, Hanks was so good in this. Even Marlon Wayne's was really good in this, which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever say. Uh, it's. It's, it's It's. It's the first time. It's so funny. It's so much fun. And if you have seen it, I'm just going to end with these two words, Waffle House. Jeremy, please watch that movie. You got it, buddy. (laughs) All right. What's your, what's this? So I think this would be your last one. And then I get the last one and then we'll do the, a plus, plus minus three. We'll see.
0: All right. The, um, the last one for now I got to say, I think if we re-recorded next week, I would have five totally different movies because these are all so good. (laughs) And the next batch are all so good. Anyhow, December 15th, 1995. Okay. A Metacritic score of 76. 124th of all time on IMDb. Okay. Directed by Michael Mann. I love Michael Mann. Uh, The cast that matters less... Includes again John Voigt, uh, McKelty Williamson from uh, he was what was he in last week? We just talked, I just talked. Was he in he's a force gum? Oh, he's in Wildcats. That's right. Um, and uh, Val Kilmer. Oh, okay. And oh,
1: yeah, okay. I know exactly what this is, and this is on th- this was very close to me for, for some reason. I have a different date than you, maybe, but that's because I write things down wrong. This is heat for sure.
0: This is for sure heat, yeah, yeah. Lo- love heat, I love it. It, it. It's funny because it kept coming back in and out of the list for me because it's so good. But at the same time, I was like, it, it's great, but I, but all these other movies are so great. Uh, and and I and I you know I keep feeling that this is this is definitely a generational thing for us. When this was coming out, it was like Pacino, De Niro finally in a movie. Right? Like, that was the whole buildup. Like, finally, these two epic actors are here together doing roles that they are absolutely born for, and you're going to get to see that and just love it. And there's not one shot in the entire movie with both actors present on screen. I don't know if you know that, but there's not one shot. It's, it, there were rumors for a while that they actually were never on set together because you see Pacino over De Niro's shoulder a couple times and vice versa but you never actually see both of them fully on screen together. Everything could have been filmed separately.
1: So isn't, so there's the one restaurant scene where I thought they were both. That's the only one where I thought they like could have been there, but I guess, yeah, now that I think about it, no, they weren't, there was never a face to it. Like it was cutaways. So it's possible they were never actually there.
0: There's, and there's one uh, exterior shot where they have, uh, I don't know what the, what the framing is called, but basically they're both sides of a table but technically they could have easily green screened that and filmed them separately. And um, Ooh, you know, in today's era, those, all those rumors would be out there on the internet and all that kind of craziness back then. It was just like somebody wrote an article somewhere. Maybe I don't really recall yeah. exactly how it worked. Anyhow uh, I love Michael Mann's work. Uh, again, a, a true art of telling a story as long as it takes to make that story. Great. I think the characters here are so vivid and real. Like, most in fact i think if we went back and scrutinized our own list like danny ocean doesn't actually have a lot of depth you know what i mean like yep. love him, don't get me wrong uh, you know even i mean even like uh gondorf in uh the sting doesn't have a huge backstory in heat every character you've got a sense like there's a failing marriage there's an upset kid there's a this there's a, like they all have real vivid their portrayals of somebody and how they got into this situation where they go off and then the, the, the scene where they're actually trying to, the, the LA shootout scene on the streets of Los Angeles is incredible. Nothing so I ever been filmed.
1: I have on my, so this is on my almost made it list. So this was going to be like my, it was, this was five a right. And literally the only note that I wrote for myself is 10 minutes and 25 seconds of nearly perfect. like, gunfight like that that 1025 is cemented in my head forever as one of the most incredible things you know potentially of all time ever filmed
0: the other thing i just want to say for a sec do you know who's in this movie have you looked at the cast
1: well i know baby natalie portman is that's the
0: one that i always remember okay so we already mentioned the top here's here's some of the rest tom sizemore amy brenneman uh dennis Haysbert, president from 24 william fitzner Fickner who was in The Rock We Both Love, as you said, Portman. Uh, Hank Azaria has a small role in it. Uh, Danny oh, Trejo has a small role in it. Henry, Henry Rollins is a small role in it. Tone Loke is in this thing. Jeremy Piven is in it. Xander Berkeley is in it. This is uh, like It's amazing. And I love, love movies that do that. I love movies that somehow manage to get actors who should be in much bigger roles to just do small little parts and just have a good time doing that small little part. So... Heat's just good from all from all angles. If you haven't seen it, it is a long, slow movie. Be in that right mood when you want to watch a long, slow movie. It's it's definitely not uh, you, you can't multitask through this one because you actually have to watch all of it, even though most of it very little is happening. But yeah. that's part of what makes it so beautiful. So I would give Michael Mann a watch any day, and and although it's actually not my favorite of his movies, but uh, this it's up there.
1: Yeah, there's there's a piece of trivia that I don't actually have offhand, and I'm not gonna bother looking up. I'd rather I'm just gonna make it up. But there's something like they filmed at like 126 locations, at, like all over LA. Like there's some absurd number because they really did. Like there was no soundstage. Like th- this is a total Michael Man Michael Manning it right. Like he really really dug in, which is part of the reason a lot of it I think is slow. But uh, it, it, yeah, yeah, Heat is a you can't bring up this genre and not bring Heat up. You have to absolutely.
0: By the way you know he's making a movie on uh, Ferrari about Enzo Ferrari no but that yeah. make I love both those things I know that's why I had to say it I love it his name was my dog so all good there you go Back to uh, you. okay is this your fifth this is my fifth and
1: final of the of the official top five
0: okay so which... I know this is your September 2nd 1992 isn't it oh no actually no so I should do
1: that I forgot that I had to do that I actually don't want to Okay. Can I do something different? Yeah.
0: Okay. It's our podcast JT, we get to do what we want to do.
1: Yeah. So I'll do a quick nod. Well, I don't think we need. Do you have so Reservoir Dogs is September second, ninety two. Like yeah. it, it, that's on your list
0: somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I don't. Yeah. I agree, it's 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 like some of the other ones we've been talking about today. Don't don't need to say that much more about it. But it's got a great time. Yeah, no.
1: Well, it's got a great everything. Reservoir Dogs is classic. Like it's Reservoir Dogs. To me, it's just like the only reason I Shawshanked it is because I thought you might, because like it's Reservoir Dogs. Like it's just it is the you know it's Reservoir Dogs.
0: It's Reservoir Dogs. So instead, I am going to go sub- episode JT. I was that's where I was going with that. It was in the soundtrack. I know. I remember. Okay. Yeah, you probably do because you have a good memory. I don't. Well, for for music, I do. Right. Um,
1: September seventeenth, two thousand ten. Okay. Go on a little bit. The calming sounds of the chainsaw in the background. Uh, I'll give you Alan Ford and Lenny James.
0: I feel like I should know what you're talking about here, but yeah, they don't. Keep going.
1: Okay, 55 percent on Metacritic. Mm. Uh, they said the F word 163 times Ooh. in this movie. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a podcast throwback. You used the director of this to try to get me to guess Clive Owen, and I couldn't get there.
0: The director of this directed something with Clive Owen in it. Was that when I was doing Born Identity?
1: Well, you were no. So as a car guy, what was Clive Owen in?
0: BMW film stuff.
1: Right, and who filmed all those? I don't know. Guy Ritchie.
0: Oh, is this Lock, stock, and uh, Snatch and the Barrel? It's, it it's it's the second one of those. <laughs> Lock, stock, snatch, and other weird words that we don't use very often in conversation. So
1: lock, stock, and two smoking barrels was the one that I got to first. And then I was like, oh, no, snatch is better. I like snatch way more. Snatch is better. So snatch. So first of all, this is one of the ones we talked about before we started recording. 55 on Metacritic. I'm like, no way, man. That's way too low. That's way too. That's like 20 points too low. There is some interesting trivia about this, yeah, which I'll get polar- relatively the thing, quickly. The thing is,
0: the reason his his Metacritic's are all generally low because he's polarizing and he doesn't cater to American audiences at all. Like that's yeah, like rock correct? Is like
1: and yeah, absolutely. They're
0: not like the best of all movies or anything, but he somehow like misses. But Snatch, listen. Regardless
1: of who he caters to. Metacritic, when you're in, I think it's like 60s 5 or whatever, where you become green and not yellow, there is no way Snatch is not a right. green movie. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Like, dude, aside from how incredibly rewatchable it is, it's so much fun, hilarious acting, so quotable. Like, this is such a quotable movie. There's so many fun little moments in it. Uh, it's also filmed in a really fun way. Like, I like the way Guy Richie films things. He has an aesthetic, unlike the guy you're talking about. Or, like, he has a thing. For sure. Like you see a thing that's like, this, this sure. looks like Guy Ritchie for, for Absolutely. Some of the fun stuff, quickly. Brad Pitt, who is a huge fan of Lockstock, approached Guy, Ritchie, uh, like approached Guy Ritchie and said, I want to be in your next movie. So Ritchie was like, okay, cool. I'm going to put you in Snatch. And then he had Pitt do an accent and went, oh no, you can't be in this movie. <laughs> and so he actually went back and rewrote Mickey the Gypsy specifically That's so funny. I didn't know that Pitt could be in it. Pitt then got the script, found out he was a boxer. He had just finished filming fight club and went, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't want to be that guy. And then sat down with Richie and he liked Guy Richie so much. He's like, "I oh, forget it. I'll do it anyway. That's so great. I just thought that was really interesting. Um, every mistake that Saul Vincent and Tyrone make were inspired by late night television shows that Guy Ritchie watches because he has insomnia, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and then the two other pieces I think are kind of cool. So the body count in this movie is 26, which is super low in comparison to the stuff that gets made today. At the time, it was like edging towards high. What's really interesting about that body count number, though, of all of those, I think only two maybe uh, does the death actually take place
0: on screen. All the deaths take off get take take place off screen. You know that about me. Like I think it, I think it's great storytelling when you let someone think about a thing. So
1: that's literally why I pulled this out. I'm like, Jeremy's going to like this. This is interesting. And then thinking back, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I don't think of this as a gory movie, even though I know like everyone dies. So that's, that was an interesting choice by Richie and well done.
0: Yeah. It's a good one. I also, uh, for another guy, Richie just, I, I feel like he, he just slightly misses the mark of what would make his movies loved by more people. Like, I don't know that. I don't know how much he cares, but I think he has it in him. Like, did you see, uh, I think we talked about it briefly before, the King Arthur Legend of the Sword? Yeah. It's it, it's like a 30-something i Metacritic. It's not that bad. Like, by a long shot, it's not that bad.
1: Yeah, Richie has this, I, I agree with you, because literally the last note that I wrote myself, aside from saying, did I mention how quotable this movie is, is um, Guy Ritchie is just being Guy Ritchie. It's like he refuses to do the two things to make a movie more popular, but he, I feel like he's doing it on purpose.
0: Yeah, I like his. Mo- I think his most popular work was actually uh, um, the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, just- probably. Yeah, and again, not a well received movie. But I actually, I-, I thought it was a. I know you love the uh, the Sherlock Holmes universe. I thought it was a great take on it. Like, I mean, it was a little- like Tony Stark being Sherlock Holmes. It was a little. Yeah, uh,
1: the the thing with so. I, I actually really like it. The thing with all of the interpretations of Sherlock, with the exception of the BBC one, is you have to take it as an interpretation. And I actually really like Guy Ritchie's interpretation. I think those are highly watchable movies. I agree. All right. So now let's do the almost made it list. Let's Let's run through a couple. So you took one of mine off. So Heat was on my almost made it list. But I want to give you... So I've got two more that I I, I don't want to. We won't do the trivia. We'll still play the guessing game, but we'll just sort of run through them quick.
0: I but- actually, we've now gone. I have I have Endgame in here. Um, <laughs> I have one more that I'm at this level, and then I have a whole bunch that are like right behind. So,
1: so what's your one more?
0: My one more was uh, a movie we have actually talked about before. September eleventh, nineteen ninety two. Metacritic score sixty five. I'm pretty sure you're not going to guess it because I don't think it, you're going to think of it, but but what I name it. It's uh, directed by Phil Alden Robinson. Cast includes Sidney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd, and David Strathairn. The movie is Sneakers. All oh, right, I haven't seen Sneakers. Right. I love right. It. it. It is. It's a, it's a bit of both of a con and a heist. Okay. It's a okay. To Han. No. Heist? <laughs> heist? No, that doesn't sound like a good word. Don't like that word. No. (laughs) Thankfully, I. uh, Okay. Sneakers. uh, Sneakers, beautiful movie. You haven't seen it. It belongs up here. Just such a clever movie. I think going, I'm still stuck on Guy Ritchie, by the way. I think what it is (laughs) is cleverness. Well, because I just said that with sneakers and I'm coming back to it. I think there's a certain type of cleverness in storytelling where you get a little too into your own thing. And Mm -hmm. so the audience like loves that thing. They're with you all the way, but if they don't, they've sort of checked out and moved on. I agree. So yeah, sneakers. What's next on yours?
1: Uh, I'll give you two quick ones. So April 29th, 2011 Gal Gadot and Jordana Brewster.
0: Fast five. Yes. I don't have a single fast movie. Not one. I don't have, uh, I don't have any of the nine available fasts. Well, here's the
1: thing. This is the only one I have. I would argue that other than the first one, this is probably the best of the series that they ever did. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a really, like, they they leaned away from CGI. They did way more fun stuff. It's a popcorn movie all day. I think the introduction of The Rock to the franchise was great. Two words, vault scene. Done.
0: Absolutely. The the thing that the fast movies do is they just take things to a level of absurdity that you either, like, okay, fine, who cares? Or you have to stop watching.
1: Yeah, and this one, I, this one I thought was the least egregious of all of them, even though it's egregious. Don't get me wrong, oh, yeah. but like, it's just it. This is their best. This is the best version of that movie, like without a question of all the ones they've done. This is the best version of it, and
0: it's a fun heist. Like it's fun. Yeah, fair enough. I was just watching actually, the. What's the most recent one? Eight or nine? Which is the one with Charlie's Theron?
1: Nine, I think.
0: So that, no, eight. Yeah. Hey, so that came on. My wife and I were just sort of watching, and she's like, What is this? I'm like, Remember those <laughs> car racing movies? This yeah. is where they went. And like, we're yeah. watching friendlies run on an airplane with it, like, just craziness. Yeah, so it's like, crazy. This is fast and Furious.
1: One of my favorite things the internet ever did is calculate how long the runway would have had to be and that oh. w- in one. <laughs>
0: oh. oh my God, miles, right? It's miles. mile. <laughs>
1: It really is. So here's my last one very, very quickly, which was July 16th, 2010. We've talked about this before. Tom Berenger, Ken Watanabe, Michael Caine. Inception. Right. I wanted to just call out Inception as more than a contender because it is a fun, heisty kind of, you know what I mean? Like it's it's got all of the all of the tropes of a heist movie. So
0: what you're saying is my time heist movie doesn't count, but your dream heist movie is cool. <laughs> That's correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> If you had to pick a technology that you think is more likely to actually be feasible, would it be insert yourself into someone's dream or would it be time travel?
1: Let's do contender pong, guys. <laughs>
0: Look the tech of that, right? All right. Um, here's, by the way, the next uh, six or seven are all, It's if you've listened this far and you, you, there are people right now like, how have you not named X? My next seven are those. So first on that list, uh, July 20, 1988, Metacritic of 75, 125th of all time on IMDb, and you got to make some fists with your toes. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Karate Kid? Uh, Alan Rickman's uh, acting debut, big screen debut. He had been on stage. Oh, wait. No... It's Die Hard, which isn't just a Christmas movie or an action movie. It it's all a heist movie. a heist movie. And by the way, probably should be in the top five. And I think if we had not already talked about Die Hard on multiple occasions, would have been in my top five. But I like a little diversity in my podcast.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't think of that as a heist movie, but I agree with you now thinking about it. That 100% is.
0: The plot is them stealing stuff.
1: No, I know. I get it. I totally get it. Just for it's like it. It doesn't. It just didn't ring again. Did no research this week, and it's it's coming back to haunt me now. Uh, February twenty first, nineteen ninety six, a sixty six on Metacritic. It was the first Wes
0: Anderson film. Oh, Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket's fun. I like Bottle Rocket a lot. He's Khan. Yeah, Khan, right? Yeah, yeah. He's great in that role. Absolutely, absolutely great. Uh, Okay. May fifteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Metacritic score of seventy, uh, and it is Steve Martin in one of his few completely non-comedic roles.
1: Dude, eighty-eight is killing me this year, cause, or this this I, week because I, I haven't got I haven't got any of these, and I I can see the cover of the box of this, but I, I can't
0: tell you the name of the movie. So the movie is called Spanish Prisoner. Yep, and I'm going to talk for a moment because it is what I would. It, it's considered by some uh, the second of three uh, three definitive con movies by David Mamet. The first being, and this is next on my list, uh, October 14th, 1987, a Metacritic score of 78. And you probably haven't even heard of this movie as my guess. It's called house of games. Nope. Never heard of it. I, I'm not going to, we're not going to make it a should you watch thing. Cause it's a, yeah, you got to watch this one. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a play on, it's, it's like a stage play in a movie. Great acting, other than um, the female lead. And what's interesting, like, I, whose name is this, oh, Lindsay Krause, whereas in Spanish Prisoner, it's this woman named Rebecca Pigeon. And the thing those two ladies have in common is they are both of David Mamet's ex-wives. So oh, wow. when he wrote a play and then made a movie, he also tended to cast his wives at the time. And the third in the series a movie called Heist from November 9, 2001, uh, starring Delroy Lindo, Gene Hackman, and Sam Rockwell. Yep, it's heist I've seen. So those, so if you liked heist even a little bit, it's actually hands down the worst of the three. Hmm. Uh, Spanish Prisoner is probably the best of them. But House of Games is a really special place in my heart. It's just one of those weird movies most people haven't seen. But I worked at a video store in the 90s, so I saw like every movie ever. And uh, one day it was recommended to me. I watched it and I've seen it many times since. I think I own it on DVD as well.
1: Nice. Okay. Uh, so let's do July 12th, 1991. We've talked about it on the podcast before with a 58%. Fast and Furious, but with waves.
0: Uh, that would be the Point Break reboot?
1: <laughs> right. No, Just the original Point Break, but yes.
0: Nice. Uh, a whole <laughs> series of movies. The, most, uh, the one I put on those is from January 29th, 1965. Metacritic score 70. And the quote I'll give you is, he killed him in a writ of fellas Jage.
1: Oh, I don't know this.
0: It's the shot in the dark, which is the first of the Pink Panther movies. The old Pink yep. Panther. Never, Never seen movie. them. Never seen them. They're great, and and now is where we run into movies that don't hold up as well as they'd like. Like I love them from nostalgia. I used to watch them when I was when I was young. They are slow, and the humor is a little off. For I, it's hard to say. You really have to go watch it unless you can put yourself in that place where you'll like uh, strip away the modernisms and stuff.
1: Got it. On the air of, of making myself look like an idiot, was that Peter Sellers? Why can't I think of who the Pink oh, Panther was?
0: That's Peter Sellers. Okay. Uh,
1: let's do this one you're not going to get, it, I don't think. November 6, 1996. It's a 69% on Metacritic. I'll give you three of the actors. Uh, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Vivica A. Fox.
0: I know what this movie is, but I don't know. The, I, don't, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember by name.
1: Yeah, set it off. Actually, a really good flick. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah.
0: But again, that was the video story era right june 26 1998 metacritic score of 85 85 Ooh. which briefly talked about it i don't know why it hasn't come up higher on the list it doesn't it's sort of a weird genre bender it stars an ex-fly girl and uh baby danny ocean
1: oh is this out of sight yeah nice oh this is a good call i like that oh this is a good call jeremy well done thanks uh, let's do November fourth, two thousand eleven, with a fifty nine percent on Metacritic, with uh, the underrated Tia Leone.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, I, I I know it, but I don't. What you got?
1: With Eddie Murphy, it's a Tower Heist, also yeah. with uh, yeah. yeah Ben Stiller.
0: August sixth, nineteen ninety nine, Metacritic seventy two. It is uh, directed by John McTiernan, who directed Die Hard. It's a remake cool. starring a, uh, a, a bond. Oh, is this layer cake? No, it's Thomas crown affair.
1: Oh, or that's way too early for layer Cake, Right. Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I did see that and that's good. And I totally forgot that was a movie. Good call. Uh, July 13, 2001, 71 on Metacritic, the last Brando movie.
0: What was say the date one more time?
1: Uh, July 13, 2001.
0: Oh, the score. Yeah, this is in my next batch. <laughs> yeah, okay. So my last entry at this level um, is May 30th, 2003. Uh, a, a surprising 68. I think I think this deserves much higher. It's also a remake. Uh, yeah. Just Cars.
1: Yep, so this is uh, The Italian Job.
0: Yeah, you got
1: it. So I'll give you next, September 3rd, 1969, which is... The Italian Job? The Italian Job. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's right we talked about this briefly you preferred the original right I
1: I do I uh, this this one I like Chalice the in it I thought Edward Norton was really good I had Mark Wahlberg issues um, although I did think I'm very happy that this movie introduced most deaf to acting because most deaf is a treasure
0: <laughs> fair enough you, you know underrated underrated actor not like a huge like not like he's no top. he's no Tom Hanks or anything but uh, I like him. He has his own quirky thing, and I, I like—I'd like to see him in more movies.
1: Yeah, he doesn't do enough to be underrated, but like, even like in that "Be Kind Rewind" movie with um, with Jack Black, like, he's really good. Like he is a very good actor.
0: Uh, all right, my second batch now. So I've mentioned this before to you. 19, 7, December twenty fifth, nineteen seventy five, with a Metacritic of eighty six, starring John Cazale, one of five movies this actor ever made. John Cazale Fredo, by the way. Oh,
1: Fredo, I know. Yeah. You have mentioned this before, but it's not coming to mind.
0: Dog Day Afternoon.
1: Oh, right. Okay. It's It's a good one.
0: bank heist. So it counts. Bank heist.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do my worst one, uh, June 11, 2000. Horrible movie, but one of my, maybe my favorite Nick Cage movie. Definitely a heist movie. National Treasure. No. No, but it should have been. I forgot about National
0: I forgot about National Treasure. Gone in 60 Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds, yeah. Nice. V- leaving Las Vegas? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> September 25th, 1998, A Metacritic of 67, starring Sean Bean.
1: Ah, I love Sean Bean. I don't know. What is it? Uh, also stars De Niro.
0: Uh, yeah, I still don't know. Ronan. I, You know what? It's not, it's not, I've never seen Ronan. Oh, you will like Ronan. I know. Have we talked about it Have you seen The French Connection? I have seen The French Connection. Okay. I love The French Connection. All right, cool. Uh, Okay, let's do
1: July 10th, 1970, 67 on Metacritic. It is uh, earliest of Woody Allen movies.
0: Oh, uh, I was just looking at this a second ago. I don't remember. Go. Take the money and run. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, early 70s, Woody Allen is some trippy stuff. Uh, Yeah. uh, Whereas modern Woody Allen, we won't talk about. Uh, Scandal scandal noted, by the way. Yeah, I got just a couple of, of last few entries. Um, sticking in a fun genre again, July 17th, 2015. IMDB critic score of 64. A movie should have been, was meant to be directed by Edgar Wright. I don't know this. Oh, you do. It's Ant-Man.
1: <laughs> oh, Ant-Man. Yeah. The original Ant-Man is a heist movie.
0: Straight up heist.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. I only have three more. I got May 27th, 1998. Uh, it's got discount Johnny Depp and all right, all right, all right.
0: Skeet Ulrich and Matthew McConaughey did a movie together. Sure did. Oh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's the Newton Boys, and I actually really like this movie.
0: Oh, uh, I, don't I don't know if I don't know if I know, but I don't know it. What is it?
1: Oh, it's about it's like the true story of the Newton brothers, and it's actually really really well
0: done. It's oh, got right. Vincent D'Onofrio. It's actually a really fun little western movie. Yeah. Huh. Um. You know, I just realized there's a movie I have totally forgotten to put on the list and I don't have anything about it. Uh, but it's a it's like a light con kind of movie called The Brothers Bloom. You Ever see that? Oh, that's um and uh Mark Ruffalo. I believe Mark Ruffalo. I think. I'm going to go look that up real fast.
1: Yeah, while well, you look that up, I'll give you one more and then I have oh, that I'll yeah. end with
0: I got it right. Good job. Okay. Uh
1: how about may 31st 2013 it's a 50 on metacritic and it's uh the better franco does magic tricks
0: i uh, don't know what that oh now you see me
1: now you see me yeah
0: yeah uh and my last two which i actually almost i I cannot tell these two movies apart so i'm going to do them together what's funny is they came out uh june 28th 2017 august 18th 2017 one with the metacritic of 86 one with the metacritic of 78 they're somewhat similar i don't know why they're i don't know if they're actually similar they just came out at the same time first one is john bernthal in it from uh lee iacocca yeah and the other one is uh soderberg back again yeah i don't know either of these baby driver and logan lucky you know what's funny haven't seen either they're both worth watching hands down baby driver is absolutely better baby driver by the way is what edgar wright did direct um yeah, and just shows you the directing style of that movie. I think you'd like Baby Driver a ton, to be honest. Logan Lucky's fun, but I think you would really dig Baby Driver.
1: Baby Driver is a movie more than one – like, you're not the first person. Like, people have told me it's actually really good, and, like, it deserves a watch regardless. So I will – I'll put that on the list. And then here's my last one. Jul- July 9th – I'm so proud of this one. July 9th, 2010. It's a 72% on Metacritic. And uh, the I'll give you that they – the character walks into the bank of evil, formerly known as Lehman Brothers.
0: I feel like I should know this, but I don't.
1: Yeah. Despicable me. He steals uh, the movie.
0: Clever. <laughs> clever. Yeah, there's probably some missing stuff. Uh, by the way, Baby Driver was after, I, so once I was done and then went looking at some other stuff, Baby Driver was consistently on, on like number one on lists of like best uh, best heists. I don't I'll think have to give it a run up that high, but some people like it. I will definitely give it a run. Definitely. Well, this was fun. JT, what are we going to do next week? Okay. So I want to take a little bit
1: of a turn. So I want to stay in movies, but I want to do it a little bit differently. And I think it would be fun. It leans. This one, I think, leans a little bit, not more towards me. I actually think this probably leans even more towards you. But we were talking earlier about how I love, like, music is really more what I can really, like, fire off. The way that you can fire off a lot of movie stuff. Uh, So instead of doing exclusively movie stuff this week, uh, or next week, rather, I want to do top five movie musicals.
0: Ooh. No problem. I know it won't be a problem for you. How many Travoltas can I do? (laughs) Can I do all the Travoltas? Do them all. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, The only concern is I can't figure out if there's any movie musicals that have like a time heisty element to them or not.
1: (laughs) I guess we'll have to find out next week. But all the same, uh, this has been fun. Uh, it was hard. We got through it again, which is good. Uh, it's always a good time, thank you so much for letting us be your wingman, everybody. Have a great week.